Good evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandsbury. Hello and good evening and welcome to our seventh hustings. We've just got a slight technical thing there. We just seem to have lost one of our candidates. So I'm just going to try and see what's happening um, What's happening there. Um, but welcome, Ian. Welcome, Scott. Generally very clumsy, Simon, to have lost one of our candidates. And um, as you say, we're in our seventh and final hustings. So we've this year we've managed to get half of the wards in Portsmouth. Um compared to, I think, three or four in the first year. So um, it's been marvellous. And thanks to all of the candidates that have uh, that have taken time out to talk, A, to us, and B, to share their uh, position with the voters before Thursday comes. And it's time to finally put your X in the box. And this evening, hopefully, we're going to be joined by two, I would use the word, old friends of the podcast. We've got um scott joining us from the conservatives i think might have been one of our very first live guests and mariam known as mazzy from labor who joined us probably about 18 months ago on the violence against women and girls episode so welcome to hopefully you both if simon's managed to get mazzy back um yeah so mary uh mariam mazzy is just on her way back in um so uh, she's just having some wi-fi issues her end so um so no, what we'll no. do is we'll uh, we'll carry on um, while she can uh, while she can get that sorted. So um, our apologies. Little overview, little overview of the Hillsey Ward, then that, Simon. That sounds and, like uh, a, a good idea. Have you done the so, research on that one? Well, I will say yes, but it would be mostly a lie because you did almost all the legwork this week, as is the way, as we know on our podcast. Um, but yes, Hillsey are near, near neighbours. Um, Cosham and I, Simon and I, based in Cosham, Hillsey, just across the. Uh, the Hillsy roundabout there. Um, so ward known to many, most people driving through it to get out of the city if it's, um, but no reflection on Hillsy itself. We got woodland there with the Hillsy lines. There's the Mount Batten Centre, um, shops, lots of ex-services housing, um, a pretty vibrant and colourful um, ward in itself. Got the rugby club in it. I should have worn my rugby club blazer for the uh, for this evening's hustings, perhaps. So, yeah, a vibrant ward. And politically, it's one of those ones that at first glance, you, you, you might think uh, you, you know where you stand in, Hillsy. But it, looking back over the last three elections in 2019, um, Scott Peter Harris was elected with about 36% of the vote. Um, and you know, was was elected reasonably comfortably in the following uh, election in 2021. The Conservatives massively increased their vote share to sort of 58 percent. Labour did pretty well in that one as well. But then last year, everything changed. So the Portsmouth Independence Party um, won the ward with again with 36 percent of the vote, just narrowly squeaking ahead of the Conservatives with 35 um, they took vote share off of everybody. So when we look at the ward now, it, it really looks like a uh, a much more open ward, particularly with Labour having, you know, a, a surge nationally. Um, so we all look forward to May the 4th and seeing uh, who the good people of Hillsy are going to return. Um, I- indeed. Um, and I confirm we've got Mazzy back with us. Thank you, Mazzy, um, for making that work, um, for uh, quickly turning that router back off and on again or whatever it was that you had to do. Um, so um, excuse me while I just um, sort out the, the 
tech our end so um yeah so uh, just before we kind of go into the opening speeches um i just do a quick um explanation of um how the hustings will work so each candidate um has a two-minute opening speech and a one-minute closing speech um for candidates that did actually respond to our invite we've also offered them the opportunity to either provide a recorded or a pre-written uh, statement um and i can confirm that the liberal democrat candidate um peter williams and the portsmouth independence party um candidate um emily uh, strudwick have both provided written speeches which I will read um, on their behalf um, so we will have those um, each question will pose um, each candidate will have 90 seconds up to 90 seconds uh, to answer each question and then when both have answered it they'll have an optional 30 second uh, rebuttal um, to be able to use that um, so hopefully that makes a bit of sense um, one other thing that's a bit weird about this um, this election um, is that this will be the first um, um, uh, election um, across the country, across England, um, where you will need to have photo ID in order to vote. So if you haven't already procured some, it's too late for you to get some. Um, but um, yep. there is, um, if you scan the QR code in the top left-hand side of our screen, that will take you to our website where there are links to the Electoral Commission and indeed to Portsmouth City Council's website where you can find out information about what photo ID is relevant. But it's probably worth, if you don't always carry your photo ID with you, setting a reminder so that on polling day you remember to take it with you. Because in the trial in Gosport in 2018, 45% of the people that turned up and were turned away didn't come back to vote. So uh, do bear that yep. in mind. We want everyone to be able to use their vote, whoever they're voting for. It's your vote, your voice. Please uh, don't lose it. Uh, but um, scan the code there and you'll be able to find out some more detail. Marvellous. So just as you start to prepare to 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 draw on your acting skills, Simon, to, to read the other two candidates' opening statements. Um, now Mazzy's had a chance to breathe and Scott. So welcome to you both. Thank you both and welcome. Um, thank you for uh, coming on to the show. Um, so um, I am going to get myself, um, I'm going to put on, I'm not going to put on any voices. Um, so uh, don't worry, nope. there's no, no attempt of me actually um, trying to impersonate anybody um, in any of these. So um, first up is Peter Williams, who's the who's the um, Lib Dem candidate. Um, the other candidate um, in the ward um, vying for your vote is Emma Murphy from the Green Party. So there's five candidates on the ballot this time, uh, but we have um, Peter's, uh, Peter's opening statement. So I'm going to get myself sorted and uh, read that now. Peter has always lived in the Portsmouth area and has been in Hillsey for over 25 years. Initially, he studied at Portsmouth Grammar School and then attended St John's College, uh, Southsea to study GCSEs and A-levels. During his studies, he started his career at Sainsbury's Portsmouth, uh, then worked for Lloyds Bank for many years, uh, for local branches in both personal and business banking, and more recently managing staff at their telephone banking centre in Fareham. He spent several years serving as a special constable based at Cosham, uh, supporting the community to make our streets safer. Currently, he's a director of a local company helping small businesses. Peter joined the Liberal Democrats in um, early 2017, dismayed by the failure of both the Conservative and Labour Party to put national interest uh, before their own. He actively supported the party during the 2017 and 19 general elections and has continued regularly to campaign with councillors and candidates uh, from across the city. Uh, Peter believes he is the only candidate standing in Hillsey that actually lives in the ward. Um, 
Uh, and Peter Williams is standing as the Liberal Democrat candidate for Hilsey as he believes the city is based, uh, sorry, is best served by Liberal Democrat-controlled Portsmouth City Council. And I emphasise that all of those words were Peter's. They are not ours. We're just literally reading out what he said. Thank you, Simon. Have we got Mazzy back? We have indeed got Mazzy back. I, I do apologise about that. I'm connected to the Wi-Fi now. Um, I was connected to my phone before and it just... I don't want to do what it wanted to do. Ah, damn your phone for being so no, um, recalcitrant. No. Well, thank you very much for struggling through that and welcome back. Um, I'm going to get um, our visage of Peter off our screens. And just while Simon's sorting that out, I think it's fair to clarify that uh, whilst your name on the ballot paper will be Mariam, almost everyone who knows you knows you as Mazzy. Is that correct? Definitely in Portsmouth, yeah, um, which I quite like. Um, it's, yeah, it's a funny little thing. No, that's fine. At the end of the day, um, we, we no just explain. Many that, people so that... know me as tiny, so that's uh, I. I, I... <laughs> no worries. Okay, so uh, we're good and ready uh, when you are, uh, Mazzy. Thank you. Okay, so hi, my name's Mariam, um, and I, I live in I've lived in Portsmouth for six years, and I never left. Um, so recently, Labour managed to secure £77.5,000 for the cost of living um, within the council. Um, something that I really do advocate for is Pompey B. Pompey B is something called participatory budgeting, which means that we actually get people involved in talking about the budgeting, about where it needs to go to and prioritise um, the public to be able to get that, that, that money for the living crisis. Um, so I would work with the residents in Hillsea that need it the most in the most accessible way possible. In Portsmouth in the last six years, I have worked for two charities. That's what I currently do right now. I work for a theatre-based LGBTQ charity as a diversity and access officer that works to main stage unheard voices. So to work to main stage voices such as working class mum or young people who don't normally get heard. I also work for a charity called Arms Around the Child. So they host the stage at Victoria's, but they enable people to go abroad and volunteer if they'd like to um, in Ghana, South Africa or India. And then this summer, I'm launching my own organisation, Queer POC Pompey, or people who do identify as queer or someone from the great majority, not just to reclaim their joy in that, but also to know where to be signposted. Because of the upbringing I have, I am quite lucky to know different things that I can do when it comes to different personal situations, such as casework as well. When it comes to addressing certain certain caseworks um, and knowing where to go to, I had to do that as a child growing up and as a teenager. It wasn't really a choice, but it means that it is something that I do know how to do. Um, when it comes to Hillsea, I know there are some severe issues facing the people of Hilsey. Hilsey has one GP practice that's about to shut down and the pharmacy is also about to shut down, meaning that health access to the people in Hilsey is going to become a lot harder than it already is under the current government that we already have. We also know that there's, there's a fly to problem that's happening at Southampton Avenue by the quick save that is also empty. People in Hilsey, I think what we tend to find a lot is, is that the north of Portsmouth, tends to be forgotten, but Hilsey was the first ward that I visited when I came to Portsmouth as a student. Um, and there's a lot of beauty there, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of resources there that haven't actually been utilised for the people that live there. And you see it's slightly happening more and more, and I want to be able to do something about that. Okay, thank uh, thank you, Messi. Um 
that did um, go beyond the time, but um, I didn't. Um, I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, I, I was shall, like, I finished early. Um, Scott, I shall try to um, allow you the same amount of um, time out of fairness. Don't worry. Um, you were kind of just um, catching your breath. So, um, Scott, if you can just give me a moment to uh, to get um, you you up on the screen, um, and then we will um, we'll be ready for uh, for your speech. Um, so, okay, Scott, when you're uh, when you're ready, please. Thank you, Simon. Uh, good evening. Obviously, my name is Scott Peter Harris. I've lived in Portsmouth all my life. Um, I've been fortunate enough to look after Hillsey Ward since 2015, and it has been the greatest honour of my life to represent it. I mean, in my time on the council, I've chaired various committees, and I'm currently the licensing committee chair. And I've also had the spokesperson roles for housing for three years. I'm currently the traffic transportation portfolio spokesperson for the Conservative Group. Um, I must know I've, I've lived and worked in the ward over the years and I'm proud to say that our family business is still trading in Hillsey with my uncle Pete and my mother at the helm um, you know and it's been operating from its current site since 1994 so we have a real strong connection to the ward and I think that's important to have that strong connection to understand what residents actually want and what they feel and um, I, I enjoy working with lots of residents and sorting out their problems working with them in partnership and um, some of the issues that have been covering Hillsey recently, my work has cut across ASB and um, the proliferation of HMOs that I'm sure we're going to hear about both of those later and um, abandoned vehicles and um, cars that are just being left on the roadside and um, for months on end and about road safety. And um, so those those issues are stuff that I've been working on for a considerable amount of time. We've had some some successes and um, but there is a lot more to do. I mean, we talk about the aging population as well in Hillsey that has become a an issue and I think um, I'm not going to go too much on it because I know you guys have some questions on on those those issues that are coming up shortly. But I think that's an opening gambit from me. Thank you very much, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Um, that's lovely. Okay, so um, I um, that's our um, that's um, your opening speeches. So the last um, last one is the uh, one from Emily um, now. Um, Emily's is written in the first person, so you'll excuse me for leaving it that way rather than uh, rather than editing it um, in the, um, just as in the same way that um, that we uh, that I've done with um, with Peters and with all the others that we've had um, uh, across the hustings. So um, give me a second. Um, Okay, so um, firstly, thank you for inviting me onto the podcast for tonight's hustings. I apologise that I cannot attend. As you'll be aware, I have watched Pompey politics um, religious, religiously for two years now, so I do hope you'll invite me on again one day. Hilsey has always held a special place in my heart. I first came to the area about 10 years ago. I worked with my partner out the back of the pizza house in Hilsey Market. That's where I first found my love for the local company Melted, which I still use to this day for a weekly breakfast treat. Since then, I have worked in the hair industry and more recently since COVID, I have been doing home hair. I have a number of clients in Hilsey, so I'm in the area often. Hillsy is an amazing area with some amazing leisure and culture facilities. You have the Foxes Forest and Hillsy Lines, where I often walk my puppy Freddy. The Squash Club, Bowls, Tennis and Gymnastics Centre and of course the Mountbatten Centre on the border. There are so many positive things within the Hillsy community. Equally, over the last few years, we've seen a dramatic increase in crime and antisocial behaviour. To the point where residents have had to take the lead in tackling lo local crime, this is wrong. 
We've got a serious lack of healthcare provision and community space. I often feel that until recently, Hilsey has been neglected by its local representatives. This is why I decided to stand to make a difference where I can to do my best to improve an area that I truly feel passionate about. If elected on Thursday, I won't be a councillor that appears once a year around election time. I will join my friend and colleague, Councillor Russell Simpson, and work week in, week out on local issues and supporting residents with their concerns. I wish the best of luck to the other candidates. I don't think people truly appreciate how hard it is actively campaigning and running for council until they've tried it. So whatever happens on Thursday, I just want to thank the other candidates, especially Scott, for a really positive, proactive and energised campaign. Thank you, Simon. So that moves us neatly out of the close, uh, out of the opening speeches and into our questions. So if I can start with question one, which is you've, you've spoken to a lot of residents. What are they telling you on the doorstep? And can I ask that first, please, to Scott? Yeah, um, no problem, Ian. Uh, the big issue that we have um, on the doorstep at the moment is antisocial behaviour. I mean, ASB is an ongoing issue in the ward. And it's something that I've actively been working on, especially probably, I'd probably say the last two years. We had a general spike last June where it was basically out of control. And then um, that's when the work with the police that was quite important that we, we got Operation Relief then implemented. And once Operation Relief was implemented, we see um, crime go down. But obviously, that has not solved the problem. Um, so we need stuff like, for example, multi-agency working, which includes um, the play and youth service, the housing providers, um, the safeguarding from, from the council. So we've set up um, that with Vivid Housing as well. So the areas that are causing some issues, we've actually got some multi-agency working with the police involved because it's not just um, picking these people up and arresting them. Sometimes they need some education. Sometimes they need something to do. Um, and also as well, what is their housing situation? Is that is that causing an issue for them to actually go out and cause antisocial behaviour? So that's, that's been a big issue that's been causing. We also have an ageing population, which was recently confirmed in the 2021 census. I mean, this means health outcomes are incredibly important, such as dentistry and GPs. And um, thankfully, we've had... Um, an uplift in dentistry appointments recently, thanks to the work from the MP for Portsmouth North. Um, but obviously those those things don't don't stop. And the other one, um, it seems to come up quite a lot, is the abandoned vehicles that are in the ward. So a lot of people are having abandoned vehicles, especially down Northern Parade and London Road. Um, I was quite successful back before Christmas in securing a weekly check from the council. So the council will actually go down, check each vehicle and to ensure that they are tax and MOT so they can be removed because it's quite a complex process. Um, so there are three things that keep coming up on the door. Health outcomes, ASB and abandoned vehicles. Thank you, Scott. And Mazzy, what are people telling you on the doorstep? So I, I find myself quite lucky that I have had a chance to talk to people. Well, unfortunately, I haven't been that good in health. Um, things that are coming up are things such as antisocial behaviour in the area. And as someone that has grown up in an area that had antisocial behaviour, I think we also need to realise that a lot of antisocial behaviour is going to rise during the living crisis um, without certain certain resources or places being there for people to go to and people having struggled so much. This is what we see in areas. And when you look at areas with really high poverty, you do see more of those, those things be carried out. Um, I recently had the opportunity, well, I say the opportunity, it's not the opportunity, I recently... Um, was checks into the orchards, which is just off of um, Locksway Road. And you meet many different residents in there with many different things going on. Um, but hearing the resident story of how they got in there 
were all quite different and all things that really have gotten worse during the living crisis because of the cuts that we are seeing and the cost of things going up. People now aren't able to look after their health the way they used to be because it's hard to get that health care that we're all entitled to, meaning that our mental health's getting worse and our physical health's getting worse. Um, at the same time, a lot of people are either being expected to work or go and get things that they potentially are struggling to get because of how things aren't accessible. Um, so a lot of the, so another thing that we've also seen happen area with sorry my brain is I've recently not been too well I think while I'm on this topic I am going to mention I'm really concerned about the GP in Hilsey. Um, this is something that I haven't really heard being mentioned a lot, but when I talk to people in Hilsey, this is what a lot of people in Hilsey are telling me. They are worried about their GP shutting down and their pharmacy shutting down. If the GP shuts down and the pharmacy shut down, it also drives up the more people going to doctors and GPs out of the area. It shuts down the accessibility of people actually being able to go to their GPs and to their doctors to get medical help so that they are not falling back onto the system once again. Um, everyone, every single person in the world deserves access to health. Um, if the GP shuts down in Hilsey, more residents in Hilsey are going to struggle to get the health care that they deserve. And that has been harder to get with the more things that have come in, such as you are only allowed to talk about one thing at an appointment. You have to call up at 8 a.m., but some people can't do that. Some people are at work. So I think we really need to reevaluate with what people people are worried about their GPs. People are worried about the level of time and people have a reason to be worried about these things because this is where they live, this is their home. Um, so these are some things that I really do want to tackle. Thank you, Mazzy. Um, would would either of you like to use uh, a 30 second rebuttal to comment on what either has said? Scott? Yes, please. Go, Scott. Uh, it's just on the, on the nature of the GP that's been mentioned. Um, I, I don't know about any GP practice that is closing. I know the issue that was with the pharmacy that is, that is proposed to be closed from a merger perspective, but the Health and Wellbeing Board at the Council, after I actually went and gave a deputation to say that this is a bad idea, create a gap, actually sent a letter to NHS England to say that, that they don't believe that the pharmacy should close. So at the moment, the process of that merger is not um, complete. So the likelihood is at the moment, the pharmacy probably will stay open. So I think that that's quite key um, in that argument. Um, that's just some of the facts of what's actually happening in the ward at the moment. I think I was... Sorry, am I allowed to respond to that? Yeah, so so Mazzy, you've got 30 seconds to respond to that. If you if you could keep tight on time, that would be appreciated. So I was just wondering the question of what residents in Hillsea have been telling me. Not all residents in Hillsea will know what necessarily is going on with the practice of that pharmacy and with the fact that there is only one GP. So with what people have told me, people in Hillsea are concerned about their pharmacy um, still with all with everything going through and they need to know what's going on with it thank, thank you both for keeping to time there and i will just pass you over to simon for question two okay thank you very much ian so um so our second question um is um what needs to be done to ensure hillsy's shops can survive and i'll ask that question first to mazzy please so I think for shops to survive, more local businesses also need more support and they need to know what they're entitled to, what sort of grants they're entitled to, especially with the cost of things that are rising so rapidly. Um, you can see how many local businesses are actually shutting down as well, not just within 
um, Hilsey, but also nationally. I think we also need to help local businesses be able to adapt. So do things such as click and collect. Um, if that's something that they want to do, they need to be able to have the access to be able to do that, to still retain customers in a certain way. I think we also need to look at accessibility with parking in certain areas for people to reach the shops they want to go to and also working with the shops and finding out what they need to still keep going in the areas. Okay, thank you. Scott, same question. Thank you, thank you for that, Simon. Um, Hillsy does have a smaller range of shops, which I think they do need to protect it. I'm, I'm just going to throw a few shout outs now to Wheeler's Bakery, where I'm quite a frequent customer these days, and you know, I probably shouldn't be for watching my weight. Um, but also stuff like Giorgio's, the new pizza bar that's opened. I mean, that's very important to the area. And um, also the, the fact that we only have three pubs in Hillsy, you know, the Phoenix, the Green Post, and the Coaching Horses, all that I have ventured in with my former ward colleague, Frank Jonas. But I mean, I think Matt just spoke about the need to bid for money and funding. Well, the government has actually put 3.6 billion in the town's fund, which is helping unleash forward economic potential of 101 places across England. The council can bid for that money. The Future High Streets Fund, there's, there's facilities um, to facilitate a regeneration projects across 72 High Street. There is an opportunity for the council again to bid for that money. Um, those projects can put improvements to transport infrastructure, new homes, and even the transformation of underused spaces, which I think is important. And we also have the High Street Task Force, which is looking at empty shops and business rate support. So there are opportunities to bid for money. Um, and I think it's the nature of PCC to actually do that. Um, but I totally agree. And I think I think it's a fair point that Maz raised about funding. And I think that is something that these businesses need to survive and to encourage more people to shop local. I mean, I can give you an example of just some shops that I go to, but I think getting the council to get behind a proactive shop local campaign would be a great idea and to bid for those money that the government has put up. Thank you, Scott. Um, does anybody need to use their 30 second rebuttal? No? Okay. Lovely. Ian. So question three, uh, a, a particularly hot topic for um, Hilsey. Um, how can the balance of affordable home home affordable homes versus houses of op multiple occupancy be balanced scott yes i think uh, personally and i think the, the question that you've raised they both of them don't fit together affordable housing does not fit into large-scale hmos when they charge over 700 per calendar month for a room and um, i think we need the council needs to stop failing when they try and build their homes and incentivize developments to have meter ports of target for affordable homes uh, rather than build places which is completely out of reach for local people. I mean, the, the example I'm going to give, I mean, with HMOs, in my view, the rate they're going, they're destroying communities in Hillsy, but people, I understand, need somewhere to live. And that, that's important why we have to get these large scale developments correct. So we have the development at Tipton West, for example, which where we've seen the council throw an exorbitant amount of money on a development that didn't have a brick laid in the ground for something that they're never going to build, you know, and the type of people that were going to live there from the affordable element was just not achievable. So this has led the rise in HMOs and super HMOs, and they, they destroy communities and they do not fit into what people actually want and they actually want to live around. Um, and we also need to look at the small scale HMOs, which are in keeping with the road, give some people a choice, and don't destroy the local areas. Um, I can give an example of houses down Shadwell Road, for example. I think that's a good place to start, where you've got HMOs where they are actually stripping out the character of the old building. And basically it is just bung them in there, bung eight people to a house in a long straight road because it fits with policy. And um, in my mind, that's not right. You know, it's not actually helping those people living in rabbit hutches either. 
I think we need good quality affordable housing across the board and, and unfortunately um, I don't think anyone really wants to have that question have that conversation and answer those those real pertinent questions. Thank you Scott so Mazzy, the balance of somewhere affordable to live versus HMOs where do you stand? Um, it's really funny because when I first came to Portsmouth is when I first lived in a HMO. Um, for that, I had no clue what a HMO was. And I think something that doesn't get talked about with it as well is how how dangerous some of them can be. Um, the first one I lived in, unfortunately, wasn't a safe situation. The last two, luckily, were. But I think limits need to also be something that are looked at because everyone deserves a roof over their head. People deserve a house that is accessible to them. And not everyone has the accessibility or wants to go and share a house with other people where some people do. Um, I think the aspects of it being seen as cheaper rent, I think it depends where you are in your lifestyle, but it shouldn't be that we are putting people into HMOs because they just need a roof over their house. It should be their choice if they want to live there. But I think with how it is rising, it is having an effect on the area. It is having an effect on people that live in the area and I think it's also having an effect on parking, which I will talk about a lot later as well. Um, I think is it is it is once again is accessibility. Would people go into a HMO to begin with if that if other options were available to them? And I think we've really seen the rise of HMOs recently, um, unfortunately under the government. I think. Um, I think, unfortunately, under the government, we have seen a rise of HMOs because it's come a lot down to money. I, I was just saying, um, they, a lot of those were bought when interest rates were also quite low. Okay, yeah. thank you. Neither of you come back. I'll pass you to Simon. Okay. So our um, our next question. So Hilsey Lido's been um, um, had periods of inactivities. Have been activity um, for years. Um, it is a thus a, a target for vandalism. How could it be turned back into a useful resource? Um, and I'll ask that first to Mazzy, please. So I think Hillsea Lido is such a beautiful place with beautiful history. Um, and some people might not also be aware that it's actually a registered charity as well. Um, I think in March, they just did some more work on it to restore and renovate it. But what would be really great is, not just want to cancel some other places, there are a lot of grants that are available for other people to go in there. So for example, for elderly people to go in there and do some work in there, or for disabled people to go in there, we can get some grants and actually make that happen. Um, it's, it's been quite a quintessential part of the community for quite a while, and I was lucky to have to pass it quite often when I had to go to work. Um, it, it's something that has always sort of been used in the community, and I guess we've also, with Hillsley Lido renovating and doing the restoring work, is how do we get the community involved in doing that to actually help it get ready in a way that is not going to take away from them, but actually be part of what they want to do. I think a funny sort of example is when you look at gardening, you don't really see anyone gardening in the winter, but I think in summer, there's a lot that could be done and there's finances out there to be able to get it, not just from the government, but from a lot of other people and that do want to be involved in actually building an area again. Thank you very much. And Scott, same question, please. Thank you, Simon. Um, the Hilsey Lido has obviously had significant money from the Leveling Up Fund um, that was secured by the, I think that was back last year from the government. I think nearly £9 million has been secured for that in the Linear Park project. What we have done with Hilsey Lido, which I think is something, is a real testament to the council's engagement team, actually. We've engaged with the schools, we've engaged with the local community, we've engaged with um, businesses in the area to actually look at what we want to put on that space to obviously create a Lido that actually works for the longer term, not just for a couple of years, that works the next 30, 35 years, something that is sustainable. 
and um, you know and i think that's quite important to also use a space it's not just for swimming pool but it's a, 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 for multiple functions i think that is something about making the lido key moving forward and it, a lot of work has gone into that and, I, and i'm hoping we'll have the vision for the lido shortly um, I'm I'm very keen to see that happen. Um, the, the Lido Trust have done a fantastic job up until now, and securing this funding was was very important for them. But I think it's just a testament of what can be done in that area. I think you have already have the BMX pump track. You have what I call an excellent cafe at the end with the Hillsy Lions Cafe, which I, I'd recommend anyone to go and use. Who have created a business model in that area that I think um, is going to stand the test of time. But what I would also add is the area has had some antisocial behaviour. So if we bring this project forward it would not only will it eliminate that because people have something to be really proud of but also there there, is, there are cctv cameras that run from the lido to the Mountbatten, so the shoreline area as well is protected you can't go anywhere unless you're under surveillance walking down that end so you know there there is an exceptional project going on with with the lido and um, I, I just want to hopefully i'll be here to see it to fruition um after may the 4th and um i recommend everyone to keep engaging with the project to really shape it because at the moment it's got the potential to be something extremely special. Thank you very much, Scott. Um, does either of you need to use uh, make use of your rebuttal on that question? No, what? No. Okay. No, that's all right. Don't worry. Um, that's fine. Um, okay. So, Ian. So, with with rising costs of energy, food, and all parties agreeing a 4.99% council tax rise. Um, I think everyone acknowledges there's a cost of living crisis. What more should the local council be doing to support residents? And can I ask that first, please, to Scott? Thank, thank you, Ian. I mean, the Household Support Fund is currently being administered by county councils and usual authorities to the tune of 2.5 billion across the country. And um, this is obviously coupled with the council's hardship fund, which all groups, all groups supported recently in the budget that was then um, agreed. And, um, you know, obviously, what the government have done with housing benefit, you'll see get the £900 cost of living payment, the energy price guarantee, um, saving the average household, I think about £160 per month, uh, per part of the period, um, £300 cost of living payment for pensioners. We've also got the £150 for people on, ben on disability benefits, but also benefits were increased um, along with pensions to the tune of 10.1%. So in, that was within line with inflation. So it's, it's helping people in need. I mean, the council has done a great job. And I, I mean, and I mean, I'm going to be honest about it. Um, this is this is an issue where the councils all club together. I mean, all groups have done an exceptional job to try and ensure that those people that are suffering get the help that they need. And um, I just want to touch on some of the work that Penny Mordnett's done with the, the food pantry. She's obviously launched the food pantry that went in Baffins, and we've also had the food pantry that are currently in Paulsgrove. And um, we are potentially looking for a site to put in Hillsy, so obviously people can go and get their food with dignity as well in these in these tough times because it, it is. Um, causing i'm not gonna not gonna sugarcoat it everyone else everyone is in it together i mean we're all having the same struggles um but on different on well, on different levels should we say but no that, I'll, I'll leave it at that thank you scott so mazzy cost of living crisis what more should the council be doing um we've just lost mazzy again so oh. um um that is unfortunately rather poorly timed um yep. Her internet has obviously decided to give up on her. So no worries. So just while we're waiting for Mazzy to return, we'll do a little bit of uh, plugging for the rest of the um, the rest of this year's political uh, husting season. So whilst the hustings are done today, um, for those of you that enjoy a good laugh on Wednesday evening at six twenty-seven, we will be having our uh, by now annual results prediction show where. 
Simon will once again attempt to wipe the floor with me in terms of uh, predictions for the uh, for who will win what in Portsmouth. So even uh, all those candidates who have spent hours and hours pounding the pavements can uh, can uh, tune in and hope that Simon backs them more than I do. But I think this could be my year. I'm I'm feeling blindly optimistic. And then early to bed on the Wednesday night as uh, for the first time we will be live at the count on Thursday night going into Friday morning um, so we're just working out technically how we're going to make that work and how many energy drinks we'll need to take with us but um, yeah we hope to be broadcasting live from Portsmouth Guildhall um, throughout the count and getting the uncut raw emotions of both the winners and the losers as each of the results is announced. You've um you've filled that tremendously, Ian, and um as if as if by design, uh, Mazzy has made it back in. So um, let me just. Hi. Um. Yes. Internet problems once again. Yeah. So in terms of this question, Mazzy, it's the cost of living crisis. What more should the council be doing? So I I think. It is good that we secured a grant, but also we need to make sure that the money does go to the people that need it. Um, I think also mentioning the food pantry is, well, yes, people need access to food, but also getting a food pantry. Oh, no. Yep. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm back again. Oh, you're um, back. Okay. I, I don't know why it keeps glitching. <laughs> okay. You're back. Let, let's, give it a, let's, let's give it another go. You'd only just started. So from the top, Mazzy. Sorry, I was um, saying, so I know that's got mentioned, the food pantry, but I think we also need to be aware that currently there are more food banks in this country than there are McDonald's, um, which is a really harsh reality hit, in fact, because there's a lot of McDonald's, I would know. Um, but also getting to access free food is also a lot of struggle that is happening currently within the city that I know because I also had to go through the same thing. I think people need to know what they're entitled to and how they're entitled to. I think they need to actually, instead of going on the website all the time, people need to know they can go to their counsellor. Um, people need to know they can go for different caseworks. People need to know what they have access to. I think Pompey B is a great concept that's happened. Um, it's not just me under Labour that have signed it. Other people who are campaigning, but other different parties have also signed the Pompey B pledge because participatory budgeting is something that can really help make sure we get the money to people that need it by actually getting them involved in the process. Um, there's also grants out there that people aren't told about. There's things out there that people aren't told about. I say that because I unfortunately had to go onto Universal Credit and try and sort myself out after leaving a really tumultuous job. We see more people leaving jobs now that are actually really dangerous to live in and not knowing where to go and what to do. So people need to be supported through different aspects because the problem right now is higher than it has been for like the last decade. Um, I think that is a really harsh reality. People are suffering more than they ever have, especially with the prices of rise gas and bills. People are literally dying in their houses and it's impacting their mental health. And also people don't know where to turn. People don't know what they're entitled to. People don't know that if you have trouble at work, you can get something called an FOI, a Freedom of Information Inquest. People don't know they can put in grievances. So it's not just people that are in work and out work, it's both people that are really struggling because of the poverty levels, having things that are added on and making it more complex. Um, and that we could see a lot of that in Hilsey. People in Hilsey are going through it right now. People in Hilsey 
are struggling right now without knowing where quite to turn, even though there's a councillor in the area. Thank you, Mazzy. Either of you want to come back on any of those points? Um, Scott? Yeah, it's just, it's just I want to put a bit of clarity in between the difference between a food bank and a food pantry. Uh, community pantries, um, they offer people access to affordable and healthy food. They often work on a membership basis, so it allows people to sign up and to go and shop um, as they would normally. What that does is obviously it tackles the stigma and gives people more independence rather than going to a food bank, which is obviously a referral, which obviously I think I think Maggie's made a, a key point about the fact that the access to food banks can be difficult for some people, whereas the, the pantries are a lot easier so people can actually go there and, and pay their annual fee and go for a shop. Pantries are, are quite often run voluntary, um, you know, and they are help, aimed at helping those who possibly wouldn't qualify to go to a food bank as well. That's just, I just want to clarify the difference between the two. Thank you, Scott. Mazzy, um, anything to add? I don't know if Scott's ever had to go to a food bank or food pantry. Um, if most people already need a food bank, they can't afford a food pantry. Um, certain people can, which is great because some people do actually need that access. So it's great for people who can afford that. Um, not all food banks require food bank vouchers as well. Um, if you're watching this and you're struggling with food, not all food bank vouchers require um, food banks require vouchers and um, I think that also needs to be more done to get people access to food and food banks in different parts of Portsmouth in Hillsea. A food pantry is great, but not everyone can afford it. Uh, I think on that point, if I've ever been to use one, I'm just going to actually make a point. Um, I, I may be a Tory with a double-barrelled name, but I am a kid from a council estate, so I just put, I just put that out there. that I, I do know what it's like to be at the bottom of the barrel. Thank you. Guys, in the interest of time, I'm going to move you to Simon for the next question, please. Okay, um, so here's a subject that universally reaches agreement and usually brings out the peace in politics in Portsmouth. So um, one of the islands, um, islands um, only three connections to the mainland, sits in the ward um, with many houses, meaning many people and many cars. How would you address the traffic and parking problems? Um, and if I can ask that first to Mazzy, please. Sorry, it's okay if you just give me a second. Um... I, yeah. I've recently gotten a diagnosis of CPTSD and sometimes little words do yeah. trigger me. It's not about anything or anyone. It's just how my brain reacts to certain okay. things. So just no, give me one no, second. I do apologise. No, that's what, no, that's what, do, you, do you want us to go to Scott? Maddie, do you want me to go first? If that's okay, yeah. I'm really, I'm just going to yeah. turn yeah. my video yeah. off for a second as well. Um, I hope no one no, minds. No, fine. Take your no, time. No, no, take, take your time, please. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go first, it's fine. Okay, Scott. Now, obviously, we're talking about the, the issue of parking. I think... Yeah. Wow, if I had the silver bullet to solve the parking issue, I think I'd be carried through the streets of Portsmouth. Um, I, I think the issue of traffic, I think we're having the works of the Portsmouth Roundabout, which is going to make connectivity for bus services better and also ensure they run on time. We've also had the great news that the new centre has been purchased, obviously put the electric buses there. So Hillsy is going to be quite a hub for transport, as it always has, which I think is a great thing for the ward. But to actually se to secure the issue that we have with traffic, I think it's a multifaceted issue. So we need to create better infrastructure in Portsmouth, and I think that is the problem that we have over a long, we've had over a longer term. And um, I'll give you a great example. I mean, you guys know that I chair licensing committee. We, it took us nearly two and a half years to ensure that private hire vehicles can go through bus lanes, which will speed up journeys for passengers to get around the city. And um, that's now been implemented only in, only in, I think it's six of the bus lanes out of the over 50 that we have, obviously as part of the trial. Once that goes citywide and ensure that obviously passengers who can 
get from one end of town to the other in an affordable time as well, you know, affordably and within good time. So, for example, it's probably cheaper for Simon and Ian to get in a cab and go from Cosham to Southie than it is for you to probably get on a bus together, you know, because the affordability of what's there. And that's another issue that the, um, the council is looking at. And I've been quite actually proud of the work that we've been doing to ensure that obviously getting the government, especially getting free buses, uh, not free buses, sorry, and uh, two pound journeys. I think that's been important that we did throughout March. And the council also doing free buses on a Sunday. I did actually quite support that idea. Um, but it's all about accessibility to transport, not, and this is going to sound really negative, but getting people out of their cars and using public transport. And the only way you're going to do that is by actually having public transport actually works. And in Portsmouth at the moment, getting a bus isn't easy. The voice scooters, in my in my opinion, they have an ability to work, but we don't have the infrastructure for them. And we also need to ensure that we create a better cycle network. And coupled with those three things, it needs to be a long-term strategic project. Um, parking is a silver bullet that I just don't have. You know, um, the group, the Conservative group have always still on the issue that we believe in a citywide parking referendum in terms of for, for resident parking zones. I still believe that we should do that. And um, that's been our long-standing position. So thank you. Thank you very much, Scott. Um, Marion, welcome back. You okay? Thank you. Yes. Um, so I think it needs to be said, like council houses, there's nothing wrong with living in a council house. Um, it doesn't mean you're bottom of the barrel at anything. Um, and I think that just needs to be said really quickly. If you live in a council house, you're Gucci. I grew up in a council flat and actually I was really happy inside. Um, so just want to rectify that, say that quickly. Uh, okay. Um, thank you. And, and in regards to this this question about um about parking and traffic in the ward so i don't know if you want to put the timer on or like uh, that's what i've been looking at to sort of check my time yeah no that's fine i was waiting for you to start speaking that's all right oh i'm so sorry okay, okay. so um it is great that hilsey has such a link to so many different places i think something that does really need to be reevaluated is parking permits especially for local residents um I don't believe they work and also the money doesn't really go to where it needs to go as well there's so much that could be done with that but what we could do is actually look at more abandoned building than the areas Hillsea like quick quick save um there's Dubbington Avenue and different areas and look at what can be utilized to actually access with parking in the area Hillsea is a great location where it has those different spots um I think recently when when the council were doing free travel on Sunday that was great, but I think that's something that kind of needs to be maintained for people who actually do want to go out and utilize that and go out further out from Hillsea or coming into Hillsea. Hillsea has so many beautiful parts that are there and so many beautiful shops and so many things um, that really are beautiful that I loved when I first came to the city and I first saw it. Um, I also think looking at parking fines as well, I think that needs to be re-evaluated. Um, as the price really doesn't reflect the current standard of the living crisis. Um, I just, I think it's, it sounds really bad to say, but par parking permits are not benefiting the residents um, in the area because visitors can also get permits. Um, so I think for that to work better with people coming to the seat, that needs to be re-evaluated. Re re okay, um, fantastic, thank you. Um, um, Scott, you've already got your hand up for um, for your thirty second rebuttal. Um, where are you going? It's just it's just in relation to parking permits. Any any funds that are raised via the 
traffic and transportation portfolio by a park permit has to go back in the traffic and transportation portfolio is it's effectively ring fence. You can't spend that money on other things. And to be honest, Matt, you, you would, uh, with the greatest respect, you wouldn't know that. The only reason I know that is because I'm our traffic and transportation spokesperson for the Conservative group. Um, so I, I know that because that's the financial rules that have been set. So um, I just wanted to put some clarity about that, okay. what happens with the funding. Ben, thank you. Um, Mazzy, do you need your rebuttal on that one at all? Or are, we move, or are you happy to move on? Sorry, my, my brain literally went blank as I was hearing what you were saying, Scott. I think a big issue is, and what I hear a lot of, is that certain things bring money into the city, um, but that money doesn't go to the people that need it. Um, so the money, the city gets, it's great that the money goes back into the council, but it only goes into this one part that that you would know a lot about because that's what you work in. Um, so it's great that we have loads of people coming to the city and loads of money coming into the city through parking and things, but it needs to be re-evaluated because there are a lot of people in the city, especially in Hillsea, that are struggling, um, that don't get anything from that money that comes in. But you would you work in the department, so you would know more than I do. Thank you both. And so we will move on to question seven. So. Question seven. So, if we think about Hillsley, and we listed some of the things at the, um, we listed some of the things at the uh, at the start. Um, what's the one uh, kind of amenity that the the pe people of Hillsley either want or need that they don't have? W what is it that they're looking for, Scott? Thank you, Ian. I mean, I spoke about, I touched on this earlier regarding um, the issue of antisocial behaviour and it's been a big issue over the last two years and something that I really felt passionately about that I really wanted to do was create youth provision and um, for for kids to have something to do and um, because children I, I mean it's not like it was 15 20 years ago when I was younger and they would put football on or you you know you do something like play cricket or you go and do rugby you know nowadays children have changed their behaviours they want to do coding they want to fix motorbikes you know there's, there's all elements of different things that they want to do in this new technological age. Um, but I wanted to put £40,000 in, I did put £40,000 into the Conservative Budget Amendment um, through the Play and Youth Service to obviously commission some outreach work into the local area around around Howard Road where, where the um, ASB um, is currently being, well, has been a problem over the last few months and, and years. And it was voted down by all groups on the council, I mean, which was a shame. because I think that would have made a significant difference to people's lives. And um, I also have recently as part of that project, I met with Motivate, who do commission services. But I mean, that's something that I'm really passionate about. I think it would be have real impact in the area, but it's going to cost money to do so, which is why the current youth investment bid is really important for Howard Road, because I think that's that's something that I have a real a real passion around, because I think those people really need something for them. And I think it will change a lot of young people's lives um, in the meantime. So, you know, that's something that I really think believe that would be a good, a good thing for Hillsey. Thank you, Scott. And I think as that answer was being given, I heard Mazzy sign out. Are you back there, Mazzy? Um, not just yet, Ian, no. Um, no worries. So, and um, again, as if by magic. Welcome back, Mazzy. No worries. And Mazzy, thank you ever so much for bearing with us. Appreciate that this is uh, this is your first hosting. So uh, at the moment, the tech... That's really the funny. That's the first yep. thing I watched when I when I came to Portsmouth and I first heard of Pompey politics. Um, I I was I really involved, like I love local politics. I find it fascinating. And I remember watching so many different hustings, which means 
you'd think I'd know to get my Wi-Fi sorted out for it, right? <laughs> no problem at all. So if I can just ask you the same question, please, Mazzy, which is, is what is the amenity that the, the people of Hillsy want or need but don't have? I think accessibility is a real big issue. And by that, I don't mean as if whether you're disabled. I think accessibility to do things that you want to go do, go places you want to go, go to without finances being an issue or different things being an issue that take part in personal life. I think this is something that we especially see happening during the winter. A lot of people that I talked to were talking about how in winter, um, they were really struggling being inside with how cold it was. And um, I, I think warm spaces have really helped with that. But I think when we look at the word accessibility, you've got to look at it from such a range of things. And I think that's something that is really missing. And for people to know how to get things that they need and go to places that they need to. Um, I know there is a counsellor in the area, I, um, <laughs> but I, I think maybe because of different experiences that I had, um, I've learned that I've had to go to find out the information that I need to find out to be able to try and make a slight change in what's happening. Um, things are really difficult now for a lot of people, especially in Hillsea, yet alone the country, um, the wise cost of living. And I think it's, it sounds almost quite funny to say, but I think hope. Um, I think hope has been missing from a lot of us over this cold winter. And I think we need to be able to prove that there's still a reason to hold on to hope and where we can go to get that hope and how we can actually try and actually utilise what we've got around us. Brilliant. Thank you, Mazzy. Either of you want to come back? Then I'll throw you to Simon. Simon. Okay, thank you very much. Um, okay, so um, so we've done some sums. The almost certain outcome of this election is that the council will remain in no overall, no overall control. No, which means that no one party is gonna is gonna make their way to twenty two uh, to twenty two seats. Um, how would you ensure that you get the best deal for the wards residents? Um, and can I ask that first to Massey? So I think it's it's great that we're talking about the residents, right? It's but we need to talk to the residents. Um, so I can sit here and I can tell you that we need to make sure we have proper access to healthcare. I can tell you about the fly tipping on Stubbington Road. Um, I can tell you about different things that need to be sorted in Hillsea, but also we forget about different caseworks that happen. We forget about how life interrupts and people do need to go and actually get help with different caseworks. And it sounds a bit ironic, um, but I, I guess unless you actually realise that you... Maggie's um, just frozen then for a second. I'm just trying to see whether the... Um, whether our internet recovers. Don't know if you can still hear us, Mazzy, but our end, you've um, you've completely frozen. Is she frozen for everybody else? Okay. Yes. Um, okay. Um, what I'll do then, um, while um, Mazzy tries to sort that out, um, Scott, can I um, put that question um, to you, and then um, uh, and then I'll give Mazzy some time to to, um, to finish off her. Um, oh. You back? No. Oh, back. <laughs> okay. Um, hello. Hello. Sorry. Um, we kind of lost you there for a bit. So, 
I don't know if um, if you want to kind of carry on um, your remarks there, Mazzy, or just kind of repeat back a bit of what you were saying because we kind of we kind of lost you there for about a good twenty seconds. And we have got you frozen again. Um, okay. Um, what I'm going to do is, oh, Mazzy, can you still? Um, I don't know because our angel frozen. So um, I'm going to give you a, give you um, some time to try and um, try and get that sorted. Um, message me if um, hopefully you can hear this and that's still a problem if need be I can send you the codes to dial in as a telephone call um, in the meantime um, let me put that question to Scott so that we can at least um, move on while, we, while you try to sort that out without the time pressure on there um, so um, Scott um, no overall control no, I mean, the, th the first thing that I think would be getting the best deal for Hillsley residents would be removing the Liberal Democrat administration. I think that is the first thing that needs to be done. Um, it's no secret that they have run the council for the last 17 out of 21 years. You know, we've had decades of dither and delay um, from the Liberal Democrats. I mean, that's the first thing I would do. And it's it's no secret that the last leadership election, the Labour Party and the independents actually voted for a Liberal Democrat administration. You know, so the Conservatives, again, are the only ones that are willing to remove remove the Liberal Democrats from running the council, you know, um, but certainly, I mean, working at a ward level, you'd have to talk about ensuring that we have positive and respectful relationships between members and officers in the council. I think often sometimes councillors get nowhere because they're obviously being pushy and abrupt. Um, we need to work collaboratively. And when, when we do that, especially as members and with officers, I mean, we actually do good for the greater city. I think Aquin is a great example of that and shows what can be achieved if needed to. Um, you know, and, and, and often members get nowhere because they don't want to. They don't want, they, they, you know, they don't want to actually put those those things aside. Um, I think a good example would be the work that myself and Councillor Williams have done um, cross party with with some of the other councillors regarding the closure of the pharmacy in London Road. Where actually, um, I, I'm going to I'm going to name drop two Liberal Democrat councillors that actually have been quite helpful. Um, Councillor Horton and Councillor Winnington in delivering information. So the, those two have been helpful, but. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and sugarcoat it. I think the best deal for any resident of the city would be to remove the Liberal Democrats from power because for too long they have um, wasted money um, and taken Portsmouth to a place it doesn't need to go or shouldn't be going. And they have been aided and vetted, unfortunately, in the last leadership election by the Labour Party and the Independents. Okay. Um, thank you, Scott. Um, welcome back, um, Azzy. Um, did you want to carry on your, your points there? Um, I'm not quite sure kind of why, where you got to, but if I give you kind of the last 30 seconds of your point to wrap it up. In fact, no, I, would, I, would like, um, I would like to do a rebuttal instead, if that's okay. Okay. Um, so I, I, I believe um, from what I missed, um, Scott said that there was a rise in antisocial behaviour because kids have changed. I want to code more and get their motorbikes fixed. No, that's... No? Um, that's... Okay. So this this was the question about um, the mathematical likelihood of of any any group on the council um, having overall control. So therefore, getting to a total of twenty two councillors um, is exceedingly unlikely, if not mathematically impossible. Um, so bearing that in mind, that the council will again be in no overall control, how would you get the best deal for Hillsley's residents? That that was the question. So I, sorry, I don't know whether it, if that's got got a bit um, muddled up in the to and fro. Yeah. 
this this internet's been a bit like as you can tell um unfortunately Have we lost i think some, oh, no. some, oh, okay. yeah thank you so much for i think something it. that doesn't get talked about a lot um is fois and how general public are entitled to receive freedom of information inquest and get them within 28 working days um, which actually helps get certain things sorted out because then you've got the evidence that you've given a company or a business or the council given back to you i don't know if any party in particular is going to get all the seats i do know the council do work really hard though i do know even though there's different different parties on the council i do know that things are pushed aside so that people do work together and it's about who is best for the ward lovely thank you um scott did you need to make use of your rebuttal on that one or are we we all right to move on so just just in the interest of time guys we've got three questions left and we are still we are already significantly over time so i don't really want to cut any of the questions so if you do have the ability just to keep things very brief in the next few questions that would be much appreciated okay so ian are you um good for the next question yep so i'm ready for question nine very simple antisocial behavior is a problem across portsmouth and there are hot spots in hillsey what's your solution scott and um, thank you for the question ian uh, i mean the solution that we've had in for example Howard Road is, is probably the biggest hotspot we've had in Hillsey. Um, Operation Relief was something that was launched last year that ensured that we had more police patrolling, which was very important. We've also seen the police uplift as well. So obviously we have more officers coming to the force, which has actually enabled Hillsey to have more police provision, which has seen more visibility of bobbies on the beat. Um, and also, I think be, there does need to be more to be done on frontline policing. But I think the, um, I'm going to say this because um, I just am, the Officer Police and Crime Commissioner is committed to ensuring that we do have more police on the beat. But also, we, we, myself, and I, I include Councillor Daniel Williams in this, have been very, very good at getting patrollable CCTV, deployable cameras, and we've shone a light on these issues that have been, and reporting has improved on the basis of it. And the police are actually using the deployable cameras around the ward. So, for example, we had one in Military Road, Matapan Road, St. Barbara Way, um, you know, Howard Road. They are, they are dotted around in key places that ensure that those people that are causing a nuisance are under surveillance and the police can actively um, get the footage and prosecute these these um these people that are, are causing problems you know but there is always more to be done and i think like i said earlier i mentioned about youth provision i think that is an important thing as well that i feel really passionate about but i know we're, we're strong for time so i'm not going to go on too much about it because i've spoken at, at reach already about the multi-agency working as well thank you scott for the brevity and mazzy anti-social behavior what's your solution I think we've really got a look at what is causing antisocial behaviour and how the mass closures of youth clubs also helped rise that whether not enough places for young people to actually go. Um, I think extra police on the street, I get it. But however, people are also scared of police. And if you've ever been young and ever been in trouble, some people aren't scared of police. The police won't actually have that much impact on a young person who's just trying to be out there. And I've seen some of the antisocial behavior that does go on as well. Um, young people are actually some of the most easiest people to talk to sometimes and just need a place to actually go to that is safe and actually the space for them. When it comes to crime itself, antisocial behavior, I think it's not just young people that are committing antisocial behaviour. I think um, something that has been talked about, especially quite recently, is 
how many people break the law and aren't aware of it um and it's actually quite a high number of people i think when it comes to young people let's do what we can to actually ensure their future for them to do what they need to do um instead of potentially ruining their future i get surveillance surveillance can help to know what's going on in the area especially if someone's something's going on um but to really protect in the first place and we know the closure of youth pumps really really helped that skyrocket is like the crime in saint vincent went up when there were less jobs to do um and that tends to be what happens when in, in certain areas. Thank you, Mercy. Thank you both for the brevity of your answers. Um, if, unless there are any burning points, I will pass you on to Simon for question 10. Okay, thank you, um, Ian. So with an ageing population, what more needs to be done in Hilsey to support this group? And that's first to Mazzy, please. I think something that's quite ironic is that we older people aging people are older people when they are people that have really been in the area longer than any other people and who actually need more accessibility to be able to go out into areas and actually be able to link i remember when my dad was younger there was actually a sort of youth club thing that he would go to with other people around about the same age as him but also i think we need to check in a lot more on people that we do know are vulnerable especially considering that an old woman died in her house because it was too cold and her grandson found her. So now the problems that are facing the older population isn't just around age, but it's also around price and the cost of living crisis. So we need to make sure that enough is actually in there to support them around a multitude of things. When it comes to also getting appointments, getting appointments where anyone is hard, but getting appointments when if you're older can be a lot more dangerous because a lot more things can be unnoticed and unchecked, causing more money to the NHS in the long run because Things aren't known. Appointments aren't gotten. Um, a lot of older people sometimes are by themselves as well. They don't like, I'm very lucky that I can help my parents over their phone um, because of technology. Um, but I think we really need to do more to actually be side by side with our residents that have been in Hillsea for a long time and actually do more to make sure that they are comfortable and they are comfortable in Hillsea. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And uh, same please to Scott. Thank you, Simon. I, I think um, health and well-being is very important for the for an ageing population to ensure that they are obviously in good health longer, but also that we have the facilities that they need as well. Um, what I will notice is the in I think it was in March last no it was last month actually the government published its fourth annual report on the loneliness strategy, which I think is, is important to ensure that we can. I think Matt uh, chat touched on the issues of um, older people in communities, and I think that's that's fundamentally important. Um, it's also creating creating better connectivity. Um, for them as well to ensure that they can get around the city so for example they can still go and do their shopping they can still have parts of their routine because a lot of these people will not speak to anyone for three or four days and it's something that I've definitely noted when I've been out on the campaign trail um, and when I'm out to be fair when I'm out all year round I know that there are old people in the ward that probably I'm the first person they spoke to in four days when I've knocked their door and I could quite happily be there for an hour so I think tapping that loneliness is important and giving them better places to go more connectivity around the city to ensure that they can go to these places and that comes from better bus routes and you know timely taxi services but also community events in in the area so for example i was at st nicholas church yesterday for a community event um, and there were a lot of older people who were part of the church that actually came in and you know they might uh, one lady actually remarked that she was the, i was the first person she spoke to outside of her family in over four days i think that's a startling statistic we need to we need to look at 
to ensure that we can create these more events for, for older people to actually do things. And I think that's quite important. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Scott. Um, either of you need your rebuttal on that one? No, in which case, Ian? So final question, and always difficult for anybody with political aspirations to focus in on just one thing. But if you were successful in winning the election on Thursday, what is the one thing that you'd want to have changed by the end of your term? And can I ask that first to Scott, please? It would be ensuring that the policy around houses and multiple occupation is significantly changed because at the moment it is in all in the benefit of the developer and not towards the residents and the people that have to live in those communities. If, if I could have a magic wand tomorrow to solve that burning issue, that is the one thing that I would like to do because I know that it would make a lot of residents happy um, around the Hillsy Ward because they are sick to death of HMOs blighting their street, causing extra parking, extra rubbish. Tenants who aren't the professionals that are promised by developers you know developers say we're going to promise these they're going to be exciting young professionals they're not you know i mean i give examples of houses that have been raided by the police you know you've had houses used for um one was a cannabis factory for example you know so you know the, these do blight people's communities and they do change the the fabric of that community and which is unfortunate but if i had the magic wand tomorrow and that is the one thing that i would like to change and it's something that not only myself but my my fellow um, Ward Councillor, Councillor Dan Weems has worked really hard on. I've got to give um, props out to Councillor Ben Swan for getting the licensing policy changed on enforcement because I think that's a big thing as well. Um, but yeah, that's the one thing that I would really, really like to see changed if I had a magic wand tomorrow. Thank you, Scott. So, Mazzy, same question to yourself. If you were successful on Thursday, what's the one thing you'd want to have changed by the end of your term? I think making sure everyone has access to health um, and to be able to get medical help when necessary. Um, that also includes letting residents know about something called um, Life Beat or Sapphire, where some people actually use cannabis as medication and you can legally get that prescribed privately in the UK. Um, if you can't do that, there's something called a can card um, because different people react different way in different health situations. Um, Something I saw a lot in the site board is people not knowing when it gets to that point because of the struggle. And I think one of the things that really does concern me, especially in Hillsea, is about the pharmacy and about the GP, because it's already hard enough to get the medical health care that you need. And that actually helps you live your day to day life. Um, access to health is a human right. Um, being able to be healthy is the bare minimum. Being able to maintain health with the help of your doctor is the bare minimum. And I think especially, not just for the people of Hillsea, but all over, when that doesn't happen, you really see the effects come into society and you really see the effects affect every person's day-to-day -day life. So I think that right there is a crucial point of actually making sure that the pharmacy doesn't go, because with those guns, things are only going to get harder. And that is a really harsh reality. Things are only going to get harder, I suppose. Um I phrase yeah, You've just mm -hmm. come back at the end there, Mazzy. So uh, we, we we lost just a couple of words in there, but I think I think your, your your message was very clear around the the need for GP access and the pharmacy being crucial to people 
living their living their lives. So thank you both for those uh, those answers. That brings us to the end of our questions. Um, we will now go to closing speeches. It's my understanding that whilst Peter Williams provided us with an opener, I don't think he provided us um, with a closer. I apologise, Ian. I misinformed you. There was indeed a closing, um, a, a, albeit a short closing. Marvellous. So, in in which case, then it's you first, Simon, on behalf of Peter Williams, with the closing addresses. This is the the closing speech on behalf of uh, Peter Williams, the Liberal Democrat candidate. Um, in these elections, ignore the false promises and deceptive messaging, including those of future general election policies, and use your vote to elect a strong local champion who can be at the heart of decision-making in the city in the Lib Dem team leading the City Council, but to also send the government a message about their party gate double standards, sleaze and cost of living crisis, if you want. And those were the words provided uh, by uh, by Peter Williams. So um, that was his um, his closing speech. Um, and then next up is um, is Mazzy. My closing statement is going to be a bit of a different one. Uh, have I frozen again? Okay. Phew. <laughs> what a relief. Um, with my closing statement, what I really do want to highlight is. I'm not doing this for I do this because I really care about Hilsey and I really love Portsmouth, which is why I haven't moved out. I consider myself an expert, which is why I'm going to let people specifically know who are working. If you have any problems with your employer, um, join the union, but also you, everyone is entitled to a freedom of information inquest and a data subject where you can get all the information you need within 28 days to take legal action if you need to. And that is something we are all entitled to. And I think more people need to know that. More people need to know what they can do. More people need to hear about ACAS. More people need to know where they can get help when they're on universal credits. I think people need to be able to live their life and be given what they need to, to live their house life. They need safe housing. They need good health access. That is what the people of Hillsea need and that's what they need right now. And that's what I want to bring to Hillsea with Labour. Thank you, uh, Mazzy. Okay, um, and um, next up is Scott. So if you can just give me a... Okay, Scott, um, your closing speech uh, when you're ready, please. A vote, uh, if, I, I would encourage people to go out and vote for me because I'm someone who has campaigned actively on HMOs, dealing with abandoned vehicles, um, on the streets working with police and patrolling with them multiple times um, over the last 18 months, secured funding for new CCTV cameras, funding to prevent illegal travel and camping in Alexandra Park and money for new play parks in Capcom Park. Count, um, people want councillors who are visible, people that respond. They don't want people that make unfunded or uncosted, uncosted promises, and they want people that deliver on what they promise. They want someone who's going to try, and you know, no matter what, um, what happens, I'm not going to promise the world, but what I will promise is that I will work hard, and I've always done that. And um, what I will say to voters, though, um, when they go to the polling station and they cast a vote, a vote for me is someone who cares deeply about the area, someone who's local, someone who knows the area. A vote for Labour is going to keep the Liberal Democrats in control by default. A vote for the independents is going to do exactly the same. You, if you want real change, you have to vote for it. And the only way you can change this city council is by voting for the Conservatives. OK, uh, thank you very much, um, Scott. Um, so our, um, our last... Um, speech is um, is from Emily um, Strudwick, who's the Portsmouth Independence Party candidate, um, which I will be reading out on her behalf. And just to re-emphasise, I'm obviously reading that exactly as it's written. Okay, so um, I will keep my closing statement short and sweet. Hilsey has many challenges coming its way. I hope the residents of Hilsey can support me this Thursday and vote for me. As I've said to residents at the doors, I won't promise the world, but I will promise you I will do my best. 
That is what I offer to the residents of Hilsey, my full support, dedication and determination to do everything I possibly can to improve the local community and the lives of the people who live within it. Marvellous. Thank you, Simon, for covering that for Emily. And I'd like to thank uh, both Scott and Mazzy for being with us here tonight and Mazzy particularly for wrestling with the internet there to make sure that your points came came across uh, again this is our seventh hustings and and what's important in all of this is to give the people of Portsmouth the opportunity to hear from their candidates and then to place their votes wisely so thank you both best of luck for the last few days of the campaign and on the fourth And you've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I've been Ian Tiny-Morris. And our guests this evening have been Scott Peter-Harris for the Conservative Party and uh, Mariam Daniel, or Mazzy D, for uh, Labour. Um, I've been Simon Sansbury. Join us for our next episode, uh, which will be at 6.27 on Elections Eve, um, when we uh, make our predictions uh, for for the uh, elections on May the 4th. So remember, May the 4th, you need photo ID to be able to vote in person. Set a reminder on your phone. See you Wednesday. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. If you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows and get to know when we're live, we normally broadcast live 6.27pm on a Sunday evening, then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa, play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. Getting Pompey Politics Podcast from Amazon Music. Alexa, the latest episode. Stop. See? It's easy. <laughs>